0: Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell. That is Kurt Sauter of Further Still Ministries. Further Still Ministries.org is their website. And hey, we are here as a little show called Solid Steps Radio that means we believe as at this show that men are fulfilling their destiny as God created them to be men to walk with God, with Jesus Christ, and um, that we're walking through life and the idea of taking steps uh, through this journey of what that looks like. As a man, we have a lot of lady listeners, and that is fine. We are appreciative if anyone listens to this show, but we want to talk to primarily our guys uh, as the audience. And, you know, today's topic is especially uh, interesting, I think, in light of what's going on in the world today. Uh, when you start talk, thinking about church, a lot of times you'll start thinking about so much of the people who are driving the local church are a lot of times women. Sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of the times. And there's men active, but when guys think about church, they just kind of sometimes get turned off a little bit by it, and a lot of that's cultural. But the question we're posing today and talking more about is, if there's 168 hours in a week, and if you're really consistent, you may be at church two hours, maybe four hours on a Sunday, but what about the other 168 hours of the week? What does it look like between Sundays to walk with God as an individual? So we have uh,
1: we've got the expert back, <laughs> David Roadcup. It's great to have you. Great, great to be back, Kurt. It's uh, wonderful always be with you too and with your listening audience as well. Well, it's uh, um, delight to have you back, and because we
2: want to just uh, pick your brain, brother. On uh, you know you have uh, you have studied in depth. Um, a lot of, uh, but before we even get into all that, you, you've been a professor. Are a professor? You've been a pastor. You have t- taught, trained, equipped. You, you, you travel the world and train pastors and whatnot. You did something. You drove down from Cincinnati this morning and you connected with a, a group of guys. Talk about that just for a couple of minutes.
1: Yes, I did just come from uh, a discipling meeting that I had in Florence, Kentucky, as a matter of fact. I'm a member at the First Church of Christ in Burlington, Kentucky, and we have launched, uh, Kurt, a major dis- formal discipling ministry there in our church. And uh, I have seven men. And it's a very interesting group. It runs—they run in age from 50 down to 20. We would call it, tra- call it a transgenerational group. And when this group came together, I wondered, I wonder how this is going to go. You know, we have guys who, with, who have children the ages of these other men, and the Lord has done an amazing thing bringing them together. And I told them, you older men should look at these younger guys like your sons and nephews. And younger guys, you should look at these older men as your fathers and uncles, and that is exactly what has happened. And we get together every Tuesday. We start off always with a very important part of spiritual formation, which is a hot cup of coffee, very important, and donuts as well. You know, We have uh, a little breakfast together about 6.30, and then um, we go around the group and you get about two minutes to just share about your life and what happened this week, and then um, Our ministry together is that we read uh, a chapter of Scripture a day, and everybody has the same chapter the same day, and uh, then you, at the end of those chapters, write in a booklet that they have uh, what God specifically said to you as you read each chapter. What was the main message you got? Then when we get together, all of them have seven of those comments, and each of them shares two of those comments and we talk about those and discuss those, which is always so rich, it's very good. We did that uh, for about a third of the, our normal time today, and what I'm finding in this certain approach we're using is that there are topics that, that my guys really need to hear and to think about. And so we left about the last 50 minutes, and I gave them an outline for them to use in the future when they're leading groups themselves on Matthew, on uh, Luke 9:23 and 24 where Jesus says, if you really want to come after me, you must take up your cross. And we unpacked uh, those two verses one phrase at a time. And what Jesus is saying there is that if you really honestly want to be my disciple, you must die, crucify yourself daily, and I will give you a new life after you have died. I'll give you myself, my life. And uh, I think this is a big step that a lot of men really need to think about. You know, it's uh, the process of coming forward in a church service, confessing Christ, being baptized, getting into a new members group, things like that. But the idea of hitting some of the real heart issues Mm. of um, uh, dying to yourself and being aware of what personal transformation is and then living that out every day. And so we studied that almost word for word, those two verses, and then I led our group in prayer. And the prayer was... If there is anybody in this group who has not made this decision, this is your time. We're calling you out. <laughs> we want you to step up, you know. It's and, time. Uh, yeah, yeah. No more just coming to church and being good and giving an offering. That's not enough. You know, Jesus wants those things. They come as a result of what we're talking about today. You know, the fact that you come to Jesus, you crucify yourself, you, you, you kill your will. That's what that whole verse is talking about. You kill your will and allow the beautiful, wonderful will of Jesus to begin to really reign in your life on a daily basis. And then we did have this commitment prayer. And uh, when we got done with the prayer, it was just silence, you know. And finally one of the guys said, "Uh, man, I I really needed this. I needed to hear this today. And uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful hour and a half together. Oh, uh, Mm -hmm. that's—so
2: what— what passages, what chapters did you guys read this past week?
1: Yes, we we finished Romans and read the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. So we're reading, we started in Matthew. We'll be together for 11 months. We started in Matthew and we're just reading one chapter a day all the way through the New Testament. And so just finished Romans and they loved Romans 12 this week. They just ate that up. They thought that was fantastic and and then we got into Corinthians. And th- that's a different animal than Romans for sure, <laughs> and uh, and so we're appealing things back and just talking and applying. And the thing I love, uh, I love about this, brothers, is that I, I am not lecturing. You know, I-, I mean, the guys all bring information and they share what they got out of these readings from their heart, and then other guys make make comments and ask questions, and they discuss together and they challenge one another and. Uh, uh, and then I'm leading the discussion and guiding us to get us out at 8 o'clock because we have guys who have to be in downtown Cincinnati at 8.30, you know, for work. Um, but it's a wonderful thing where they're all teaching one another. And really, the Holy Spirit, honestly, as we submit the Word of God into these men's lives, the Holy Spirit is really the teacher, not me. You know, he's the one who's taking the Word and really transforming their lives. So, David, mm-hmm. uh, how did
2: you... Um I mean, so you read the end of Romans, first part of First Corinthians, and mm-hmm. you're talking about that, and then you kind of shifted and you really challenged them to go to Luke nine, that passage where Jesus is really uh, asking his followers to, you know, what does it mean to be my disciple? How did you, uh, did, were you led by the Lord this week to do that? Did you sense the guys needed to hear that? What, what prompted you to? Bring that
1: passage out. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Kurt. Really, we started uh, back at the end of September, and and uh, this is a brand new approach for me personally. I, I would normally do other things with a formal men's discipling group, but this is a new method that our church is starting. We have 20 groups right now: five women's groups, 15 men's groups, and we're all doing the same thing. And you know, I, I'm I'm test driving this this car, you know, to see how it works. And what I'm finding is the guys are in the Word every day which is the transformational power for them. But there are certain concepts I really want them to internalize before we're done uh, in May. And I picked out about five of those main concepts. So like two or three weeks, uh, everybody brings the two items, and that's our whole discussion. And then, then I... I tell them next week is a, uh, you know, a, a, a lecture week, uh, the last part of it. And so bring something from your reading. We'll do that pretty quickly, and then let's save that last 50 minutes for just a hard-hitting concept that I just call them the foundational stones of a man who is really wanting to grow in his faith. So we will go ahead and do, uh, in addition to that, do um, Guard Your Heart, You know, that verse out of Proverbs, really need to hit that with a sledgehammer. Uh, Just the whole idea of uh, being salt and light, and what does it mean for you to really be an influence for Jesus Christ? And I have a number of those, about five of those picked out uh, between now and the end of our time together. So, So mainly it is them bringing their ideas and what they got from the reading, but I'm finding that there are certain concepts I really wanted them to get Before we're done, and so I'm kind of interjecting them as we go along.
2: That's good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Hey, uh, so David, I I want to have you kind of talk about what does it mean to be a healthy follower of Jesus, and because we want our churches to be healthy. Um, I mean, this is this is all about Jesus and His church. Um, We're going to take a break, but I want we're going to unpack that in this next segment. Mm So as we take a break here, you might
0: have just picked up and started listening, and, and you think, "Man, that's that's a lot uh, of of um, a lot to digest in just one segment." But here, here's the thing, gentlemen, um, and I'm just going to say this off the cuff here: the bar is too low for society and for the church. It's too low for men. It needs to be high. In fact, Jesus. I, is,
2: I heard a I heard a huge amen somewhere. Where did that come from? <laughs> that's I think so it, true. So and true. so yeah.
0: Jesus's bar was: you have to hate your mother and father in order to come follow me you must hate your own life and if you look back you're not worthy of being my disciple <laughs> that's a high bar that he's raised now he did it out of love and a lot of that has a hyperbole he doesn't mean literally hate he just means in comparison to him it has looked like hatred so we're going to talk more about that in the next three segments of what does that look like in a man's life to walk with jesus and and have that be an interaction a part of our life so we're going to take a break be back shortly on solid steps radio Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, Kurt Souter, and we are here with David Cup. We are talking about spiritual formation, uh, discipleship, all kinds of fun stuff. And if you uh, need some help with your, if you need to be discipled with your money, l and Credit Union can not do that. Bad. that. That's not too bad. <laughs> uh, local lender, they've been around for decades, and they want to help walk you through the process of whether it's commercial, private, checking, savings, credit cards, whatever you need for your business or personal life. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you in that perspective. Vision First Eye Care, Rod Rollo and his crew, they've got Vision First all over the Kentucky Ann area, and that you are not just a set of eyes to them. You are a person, and they will take care of your vision issues at Vision First. And then Bright Star Home Care, Bright Star takes care of you in a process and a time of your life. If you have a loved one that needs help one day a week or seven days a week, 24 7, they can walk through that process with you at uh, in in-home care at Bright Star Home Care and we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show
2: so David um describe you know I, I mean I don't think there's a there's a guy that's listening that's going yeah I, I just want to get to the end of my life and you know um you know I just kind of hope you know help kind of make it you know I mean I, we, we want to make our lives count what in your mindset, in all of your training and all of your teaching, describe and maybe give a definition of, first of all, spiritual formation, and then let's, let's talk about what does it mean to be a healthy Christ follower?
1: yeah Kurt it's a, such a good point to bring up uh when we're uh when we come to Christ, Scripture very clearly says that it's like a birth we're born into the kingdom of God, and every parent every parent wants their child to grow to develop to mature uh, in, in a very specific way. And I think that God feels that very same way about us when Mm -hmm. we come to faith. You know, if we remain a preschooler for 10 years, that's not where he wants us to be. He wants us to be growing and developing, getting our roots deep into Jesus Christ, bearing fruit in his name, and really see a semblance of maturity happening not only to us mentally, emotionally, physically, but in the spiritual realm. He wants us to grow up. Mm -hmm. He wants us to come to maturity. And I think a good definition of that in terms of just the idea of, um, of uh, a spiritual formation, it would be this. I'll just give you a definition out of my lecture notes, if that's okay. Uh, I think that spiritual formation or spiritual growth is the daily proactive development of a relationship with Christ over a period of time. You know, it doesn't happen instantaneously. It's over a period of time, which will result in the following. It results in a comprehensive transformation of life. I mean, a man's life is really transformed in his heart and then everything emanating out of that. This will result then, when transformation really begins to take place, some things begin to exhibit themselves just normally and naturally. It just happens. I think a love for God is one of those things. We really begin to love God intellectually and emotionally as well. We love Him as our Father. Our love leads us to obedience, You know, all the love in the world, if we're not obeying the things that he says, uh, it's not working. So we obey, Jesus said repeatedly in John 13 and 14. This is how I will know, really, if you love me, if you do what I ask you to do, if you obey me. So it results in a love for God and an obedience to him, which then produces, of course, naturally, a fruitfulness in our Christian lives, bearing the fruit of the Spirit Uh, salt and light, just being a representative of Jesus every day, every place we go. So it's kind of the idea that we are pursuing a relationship with Jesus, getting to know him through the word, through prayer, through the spiritual disciplines, and just naturally the result is that things will begin to appear in our lives because of our spiritual transformation. And and this is really, I think, this needs to be the goal of every church for every man and woman and child— uh, seeing them transformed in their spiritual lives. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and um, I, I think you alluded to it, when, when that is happening, um, it begins to rub off on others.
1: Talk about that just mm-hmm. a little bit. Sure. Yeah, there's no question about the fact that if you're married and you have children, uh, I guarantee your wife and your children will be able to see this transformation growing in your life. Uh, I just think the acid test for all of us as men in Christ, the acid test, I want to invite you to talk to my wife and ask her, is he the same person in the house as he is in the church building? Is he the same person? You know, And, and I think that's the acid test. Talk to my wife, who knows me better than anybody else, and she'll tell me. This is for the good and for the bad. <laughs> she'll tell you whether, and I'll tell you, I just watched my father, a total pagan, you know, come to Jesus Christ, World War II vet, semi professional football player, railroader, construction guy, you know, a man's man. And uh, when he came to Christ uh, through the planting of a new church in Florence, Kentucky, uh, we were blown away at the incredible transformation of his life, in his spirit, in his attitude towards us as his family, and towards his job, and towards the Lord Jesus Christ for sure. So it's just that, um, that whole transformation of life that really needs to be there. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Now talk
2: about um, uh, kind of move into a healthy lifestyle of following Jesus. What, what does that look like? And, and, and in the break, we, you mentioned that, that Jesus – had several, um, not just several, over a dozen things that he practiced. But what, what does health look
1: like in a Christ follower? Yeah, I really believe that it begins with what we just mentioned earlier, the idea of really coming to that point of decision where we decide that Jesus is just not going to be a Savior who keeps us from going to hell, but he is going to be someone who really transforms us through his power. And we commit our lives to him We totally surrender to His lordship in our lives in every area, and the the kicker to that verse in uh, the the ninth chapter of Luke, when Jesus says, "Take up your cross," He doesn't say, "Take up your cross um, monthly," you know, (laughs) Uh, "Take up your cross semi-annually," you know, (laughs) He says, "Take up your cross." This is a daily thing. It's every day we live. We work to submit every area of our lives to Jesus. Once we have that foundation in place, and by the way, brothers. Now, this is not something that happens instantaneously. My group this morning said, okay, we we know what you're saying. We are so far from this. And I said, brothers, you have to understand that it is a process. I remember Thursday night, week of church camp, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, I stepped over the line and really asked Jesus not only to be my Savior, but to be the Lord of my life. Brothers, I went went back to high school for my senior year, It, it was like six months. Before I really started getting traction, I mean, all the peer pressure and all the stuff that a teenager is going through. But little by little, I began to get my sea legs under me, and it mainly came for me through reading scripture, through developing a prayer life, although it, it was very stumbling at the beginning, and hanging out with friends from my youth group who were Christians. Those were the things that helped me more than anything else. And really, several months passed, and all of a sudden, I just began to get some traction and I began to get some roots down, and I started dramatically growing. I'd like to make the point that this does not happen overnight, mm. that it takes time. And let me, let me tell the men who are listening today, God is okay with you taking time to grow. He's okay with that. He understands that habits and patterns we've had maybe even for years, they take time to overcome. And He has patience. He has mercy. He has forgiveness. You know he loves us. He he's he's willing to give us time to work through these things. The key is that we keep moving forward. That we don't get plateaued. You know, David. Yesterday, I I connected with a guy,
2: and he confessed to me the first time he's ever done this with another man. He confessed to me that at, at times he he struggles in lust, and when he sees a beautiful woman, he, you know, he he lusts. And I said. I've been pastoring for 30 years, and you're the first man that's ever, you know, I laugh <laughs> on my like, brother, you know, we all struggle with that. And, and I could tell that there was some guilt and, and condemnation. I said, I, I need you to, you know, we need to confess your sins, you, and you just did it with me and mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yeah. And th- there's this ongoing practice. And I asked him, uh, or he said, I, I, I used to look at porn. I go, but you, do you look at porn now? And he said, No. I go. I, I want you to hear progress in what you're saying. I, I, I'm not. I'm not giving you an out of of lust, but I, I want you to recognize that it used to be regular porn, and now it's once in a while. Uh, uh, you for 60 seconds, you see a beautiful woman, and you begin to lust. You know. And I, I challenged him, you, you gotta catch yourself. And I walked him through it, but I, I wanted him to see the progress. And for us guys, we, we, we're we not gonna bat 1,000 by tomorrow. So we're gonna continue to unpack this. So we're gonna take
0: a break, come back in a couple more segments and, and talk a little bit more. And one of the things we're gonna talk about are what are some of the disciplines that Christians aren't doing that they're missing out on? Mm that is so enriching to their life but we've got a few here that we're going to unpack that bible reading and prayer you're like okay is that all well that's a great place to start and end but there's also other disciplines we're going to talk more about those here in the next couple segments here on solid steps radio Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, segment number three. If you missed out on the first two, you missed out. Go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or you can go to Facebook page Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear our podcast of this show commercial-free. Thanks to our great sponsors. Uh, on Monday, after this show airs originally, and um, so if you're hearing this on the radio during the weekend or any other time you want to hear all of it, go to our those three spots or wherever you find your podcast And listen, thanks to our great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you need to retire and you want to plan on what that looks like from a biblical standpoint, standpoint Dan Hart Financial can sit down with you and get a plan together. Uh, Frank Enterprises, they are a group of guys who get together and help you. If you have outside water issues, whether it's water drainage, landscaping, or septic tank issues, Frank Enterprises can take care of you in those areas, and they do a great job. And also, uh, our, our personal favorite sponsor is SouthernSmokeCatering.com. That's a catering-only barbecue joint.
2: We just like to eat.
0: Yeah, and they're really <laughs> the, 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 as good of a brisket as you have. Chris does a fantastic job at SouthernSmokeCatering.com.
2: Put some south in your mouth. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, d- David, you got to have some. You got to have some southern. Sounds uh, good. It's, Sounds it's, good to it's me. It's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, David, talk to us about. Okay, uh, uh, this guy. I, I want to grow in Jesus. I want to. I want to be transformed. I know that I need to engage in the spiritual practices. I. I, I know I need to read the Bible, and and how do I uh, how do I move forward? Uh, okay, I, I, I've missed the last. Three days. I haven't read the Bible. I've been my schedule's been crazy. I've allowed other things to um, balancing this, um, living a life of discipline, and yet giving myself grace, and I'm I'm not condemning myself like I missed the last three days or I the last week and a half. I haven't opened my Bible at all. Just talk to us when you
1: help other men describe that. Yeah. Kurt, in terms of our uh, working to come to know Christ more deeply and participating in the spirit, the classic spiritual disciplines, which are the keys really to a lot of spiritual growth, um, we have to understand the role of spiritual warfare in this whole process. You know, many times we say, oh, I'm so undisciplined, you know, I'm not doing what I need to do. Well, okay, that is part of it sometimes. But we have to know that every time the weakest man bows his knee in prayer, I mean, Satan throws the kitchen sink at you. He knows that when you are trying to seek the Lord, if you get traction and you get your roots down and you start growing, you're going to do massive damage to the kingdom of darkness. So it's a lot to do with spiritual warfare in our lives, as well as the whole idea of uh, maybe the lack of discipline or the discipline we're cultivating. I would encourage the brothers who are listening today to understand that God is such a God of grace I love the scripture that says your mercies are new every morning, you know. Uh, God understands. Uh, we all want to be in the disciplines on a regular basis, ongoing, all the time. That's our goal. But I think it's called life. It's called wives and children and jobs <laughs> and responsibilities in our church and social lives and various other things. Now, The key is just to keep the idea of growing in front of you, and if you do miss even several days. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you can recover from that, and you can just keep going and keep moving. But don't allow Satan to use the, the bludgeon of guilt to build a wall between you and the Lord. You know, mm. if, if you understand that you've missed a few days and you feel really guilty and you feel like you're a terrible believer, uh, just bust through that wall. And I, when I, that happens to me, I just come into the Lord's presence and I say, God, I've been struggling you know, mm. I, I, I'm working on this, but sometimes I'm not doing too well. Would you please just help me, strengthen me? And, and our Father, who loves us so dearly, uh, responds to that like a loving Father would. He has patience with us, mercy with us, grace with us, and, and just, I would say to our brothers, pick the ball back up and get back into the game. That, that, that's the main thing.
2: David, talk to us about um, when, we, uh, when we approach God uh, that if if we read the Bible or or we engage in some of the spiritual practices, that that doesn't that doesn't make us well God likes us more or God loves us more. I mean it's not it's not this um, I get a better standing before God if I read my Bible every morning. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, the, the whole issue of legalism, Kurt with the spiritual disciplines is a really key point. You know, I, I, when I was in uh, second grade, third grade in Sunday school, they had a chart up on the wall with my name on it, all the other kids, and every time you came to church, you got a gold star in your square for that Sunday, and the key was, you know, to get a whole line of gold stars, so forth, and uh, and, and that's maybe a nice motivation for elementary kids, elementary school kids, but uh, for a believer in Christ, a man who really is wanting to move forward, you know, the the idea is that um, that we accept Jesus and we're covered in grace. Uh, we don't have to work to earn His love and acceptance anymore. He He loves us and accepts us absolutely as much as He is able to do that. Totally filled up uh, when we come to Him and we acknowledge Him as our Savior. And our uh, work offerings, you know, in the in the old life uh, before we understood grace, we worked, worked, worked so that God would like us so that we would go to heaven. And when you come to understand grace and the acceptance of God, all of your work offerings become thank offerings at that point. You know, we're so thankful for what God has done for us. Our motivation is not out of fear anymore, but it's out of love and affection for Jesus and loving him with all of our heart. And man, that's a great shifting of gears in the life of every man who comes to understand it. That's
2: that's rich. So, uh, David, let's change gears here a little bit, and let's begin to talk about some of the spiritual practices, over a dozen, that Jesus himself practiced. We see it in the patriarchs. We see it in the prophets. We see it in Jesus. Talk talk to us about um, the practices of Jesus that he engaged in.
1: Yeah, Kurt, in this day and time, a lot of things are called spiritual disciplines. You know, I'm sorry that the word has kind of gotten watered down so that, you know, i see this uh, thing on an electronic church paper that says, come to our spiritual discipline men's pancake breakfast on Saturday morning. <laughs> and I'm going, well, you know, fellowship and eating, is, is that's part of a discipline. But uh, what, what I did in going, reading the literature and finding out that it's all over the place, I, sw- I went to the New Testament, and I said to myself, what in Scripture indicates Uh, that Jesus did and the apostles did, really tracing it actually all the way back to Abraham. You know, what does Scripture say a discipline is? And I've identified, actually there are about 18 altogether, of great practices, classical practices that men and women of God have have done through the ages that just draw us close to Christ that enable and promote our, our growth. If we're talking about a definition of spiritual disciplines, let me just give you one that I really like. You can say that the spiritual disciplines are a group of experiences and behaviors. We might even call them habits in a good sense. They're a group of experiences, behaviors, habits, when we practice them sincerely from the heart. You know, it isn't with legalism. You know, we're practicing them because of a relationship and a love for Jesus. These things pr- uh, provide for us, then, a power and wisdom and strength, and they build depth into the life of the believer. So it's a group of practices, age-old, described for, for uh, millennia, you know, that people practice and begin doing on a regular basis, weaving them into their lives, and the result is that they draw us close to the Lord. A very important point that Richard Foster makes in his book Celebration of Discipline is that actually there really is no power in any one of the disciplines themselves. There's no power there. The power comes from when we practice the disciplines by their nature. They take us into the presence of God where he is then able to nurture us and to train us and to challenge us, to discipline us sometimes, to teach us, to shepherd us. The disciplines bring us into the presence of God where then he lovingly nurtures and grows us. And, and that's the key to the disciplines themselves, you know. Someone says, well, okay, how about the idea of power, the power of prayer? I hear that all the time. Well, the power of prayer comes from when we connect with God in our relationship. That's where the power is. It's, it's in that connection with God. You know, so just understanding what they are. One of the interesting practices that a friend of mine did a number of years ago was he went through the life of Jesus, all four Gospels, and he tried to find out where Jesus practiced any of the spiritual disciplines. And his his research was really amazing, what we found out. When we talk about the Word of God as a spiritual discipline, I mean, I mean, all of the brothers out there listening know that being in the Word of God on a daily basis really is so important. And we know that Jesus, of course, not only did he write the Word, he knew the Word. We know that he memorized the Word, you know, in the temptations with the Satan in the wilderness. When he was tempted, Jesus didn't have to say to Satan, hang on, hang on, I need to look up a scripture here. And, you know, you, know, he, you know, he just off the top of his head because it was memorized. He quoted scripture as his weapon against the evil one. And so let me tell you what I know about the word of God and the life of every man. Taking time each day to, to read and internalize, this is not for a lesson or for getting ready for your life group or even a sermon. It's just for feeding your spirit, your own soul. That's exactly right, brother. Your own heart, your own soul. You, you read through a chapter, you eat it, you internalize it. When we do that, that does for our spirits what eating a good meal does for our physical bodies. It's the exact same thing. You know, and, and that's not just a kind of a good illustration we came up with. When you think about what Scripture says, it's the milk of the word, the meat of the word, the bread of life. David says, your word is like honey to my taste. All of those are food images, giving us the idea that when we partake of the Word of God to nurture ourselves, it does for my interior world, my spiritual life, what eating a good meal does for my physical body. So I work with brothers all the time who are suffering severely from spiritual malnutrition. You know, they get one meal a week. It's on Sunday at 1030. And not feeding themselves through the week is, is really a key point.
2: That will never, ever give
1: us the nutrients
0: that we need. So we're going to take a break, our final break, and come back for our fourth and final segment and talk a little bit more about some of those specific disciplines, including the ones that we are probably the least familiar with but also can have a great impact. So we'll take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Please go back and listen to this show in its entirety Uh, Go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or your iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then type in Solid Steps Radio, and you will hear this podcast in its entirety. Thanks to our great sponsors, uh, like um, the Outlook, the Southeast Outlook. They are a local publication that talks about the stories that God is writing in our local city here in Louisville, and then around the world. So we want to thank the Southeast Outlook for partnering with us. Uh, Eric Veal over at Iroquois Family Dental. They've got two locations, one on Iroquois Park and then the other one out in the east end of Louisville. So if you need any kind of family-friendly family, friendly, family friendly dental offices, Eric Veal and Iroquois Dental will do that. And then Veritech Generators. If you have a generator at your home or your business and you need that serviced or you want to get a generator, uh, please give Veritech a call. They will take care of you and all your generator needs.
2: So, David, t- uh, begin to unpack the, the spiritual practices of Jesus. If we're going to be like Jesus, uh, First John says, anyone who claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. Um, how, how, what are the practices that Jesus actually implemented? And we, you hit a couple on, on the last segment, but continue to unpack what jesus did and how he did it in his relationship with his heavenly father and engaging
1: the practices of uh, of the faith good kurt i think that the best way to identify the practices is to go to scripture and find out exactly what the practices uh, are described there would be and then just follow in the steps Uh, i mentioned that a friend of mine did this study on jesus and it's amazing that uh, he definitely practiced time in the word of god I mean, of course, he was the Word of God, but, uh, but he, t- he talks about the Psalms. He mentions those. You know, he talks about all kinds of Old Testament references, which, were, which would have been his scriptures when he was growing up. But uh, the Word of God is so critical for every one of our lives. I would, of course, mention the discipline of prayer. You know, it is just the, um, uh, the the hallmark of connecting with God at the deepest level. One thing I like to share with my classes is when it comes to prayer, the point is this. No relationship anywhere can be sustained and made healthy without communication. You just think about your wife and your children, your friends. Communication is the life's blood to any relationship. And, of course, I love it when Jesus, over and over again, the New Testament talks about he gets up early before the disciples. You know, he sends them in a boat across the, across the water, and he says, and Jesus goes up onto the mountain, and he doesn't go up and watch ESPN, you know. He, he goes up onto the mountain, and he prays. And the disciples get up early, and they find him out in a field, leaning up against a rock, and he's out there praying. And Jesus models for us the great importance of prayer by finding time in his incredibly Tense, busy schedule to, to connect himself with his Heavenly Father. What a great example to us to really work on our prayer lives. By the way, I would say to our brothers today who are listening, if you struggle with your prayer life, if it isn't where it is, if it isn't where it needs to be today, if sometimes you're frustrated, if you feel like you're, you're failing as a prayer, you know, uh, that tells me something about your spiritual life, for sure. It tells me that you're normal. <laughs> You know, and I would say, brothers, if you're struggling with your prayer life out there, here's what I would tell you: Join the crowd. You know, the rest of us are struggling. None of us have this figured out. I love it when the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, "Lord, we love your preaching and your teaching and your lectures and your miracles. We love all of that. We have a request, though. Can you teach us how to pray?" And I thought to myself, this is amazing. These guys are with Jesus 24-7, and they're still still struggling with their prayer lives. Again, it's, it's spiritual warfare. Anytime we bow the knee, spiritual warfare happens. And I just want to encourage our brothers today, encourage them to be prayer warriors and not to give up and to keep growing in this area of their lives. It's so vital. I would also talk about the idea of obedience as a spiritual discipline, just so important. I mean, you know, the rubber hits the road when it comes to obedience. I mean, I think Jesus himself would say to us, I love it when you sing praise songs. I receive those and, and I take them in. But hmm. I'm sorry, you all, talk is cheap. Talk hmm. is cheap. Here's what I want to know. During the week when you're at work and you come to a massive why in the road, to obey me or not to obey me, here's what I want to know. Can I depend on you to follow through? and show me that you love me by really obeying the things that I'm asking you to do. So obedience in the disciplines it's where the rubber meets the road, brothers, mm. in our in our real growth in Christ. Obedience is important, meditation is important. It's, it's part of Bible reading actually. Meditation is choosing a word, a phrase, a sentence, a, a verse and simply it's it's just repetition. You read it over and over again, you think about it, you look at every word you ask how this can apply to my life and build it into me. Uh, you know, you, you just marinate your spirit in the Word of God and let let it soak in and let it really become part of you. And there are great books out there right now on meditation. Somebody says, well, now, how about Eastern mysticism? Is this the, what are we talking about here? Now, David said over and over again in the Psalms, you know, I will meditate. The point of Eastern of Eastern mysticism is to empty your interior world. That's the goal of Eastern mysticism. The goal of Christian meditation is to fill your interior world with Jesus, uh, with Scripture, with thoughts of God. Those are the big differences. So the idea of meditation is so vital to every growing Christian. We can talk about the co-disciplines of solitude and silence. Solitude and silence. After being in the Lord all of these years, brothers, let me tell you one thing I know for sure. For a man to really mature in their faith and to grow deep, deeply into Jesus Christ, living in the American culture, it is almost impossible to do without the discipline of solitude. Because solitude, it's not being lonely, it's choosing to be alone Mm. by yourself for one hour, four hours, eight hours, choosing to be alone, to focus on the Word of God and prayer and just connecting with your Heavenly Father. You know, I know that there are a lot of people who do this. I take one day a month, and there's a monastery in Cincinnati, and I drive over there early in the morning, pay them $15. They give me a room all by myself, and I can have access to the cafeteria, and I just take one day a month, brothers, and I get away by myself, and I clear the decks, and all I do is focus on Scripture. On connecting with the Lord, on journaling, and at the end of that day, I feel like I've just had a great meal and a night's sleep. Hmm. It's that refreshing to get away, get out of the den, get out of the rat race, and just connect with the Lord and j- just be with Him. You know, and,
2: and you mentioned in the break uh, what we really have to do because we got kids, we got family, we got you know all this stuff going on. We 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 take a blowtorch. To our calendar, to our schedule, and we blow it open so we can put that on and and lock and load it on our calendars. Yes. Let
0: me let me ask this one question here before we go too much further because we're running out of time here. But I, I said this in, on the breaks or going into it. What are some of the few that disciplines that people don't practice much, for whatever reason, that are, they're missing out on
1: the most? Yeah, that's a good question, Chad. Couple of real key important disciplines that we don't hear a lot about and maybe aren't practiced a lot. First of all, I would really highlight the idea of fasting, you know, the fact that uh, we would uh, fast from food, from drink, uh, and there are great books out on fasting right now. You can also fast from other things. Uh, the, The idea of solitude is simply fasting from people you know, uh, very much so. But fasting is taking something that's important in your life, setting it aside temporarily, and during that time then really focusing on the Lord and on your relationship with Him through Scripture, through prayer. Let me also just mention the great spiritual discipline of journaling. Uh, many times men s- shy away from this, and they, they say, oh, that's keeping a diary. Is that right? Well, you can, <laughs> you can call it that, but the word journaling maybe is a, carries a little more weight. Journaling is just putting pen to paper on a regular basis to record what you see God doing in your life and memories that you want to keep, uh, uh, prayers that you want to offer. It can
2: be bullet points. It can be written out in census. It can be... but getting it on paper.
1: Exactly right, Kurt. You you don't have to follow any necessary guideline. And again, great books on journaling right now that will teach you how to do it and how to build it into your life. Let me just also mention the, the whole idea of stewardship uh, one of the things that uh, is significant in the disciplines is that um, uh, when I practice a discipline, it calls things out of me and builds things into me that I haven't haven't had before. Um, I find that there are a lot of men, and I know you all can really identify with this. I work work with have worked with men for 35 years. Men will give up; they will stop cussing, they will stop chewing tobacco, smoking, telling dirty jokes, doing all kinds of things. For many, many men who are wanting to grow in their faith, their checkbook is the last bastion that falls to the Lordship <laughs> of Christ. It really is. It's the last place that they will really give up. And that's okay. It's, we're in a process. We're struggling. So just, just that whole idea of those particular disciplines.
2: That is rich. Brother, it's, it's, I, I hate this because we've got to wrap this baby up. But thank you so much for coming. Thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for your wisdom. Would you pray for us, guys, quickly? My pleasure. In about 30 seconds. Wonderful to
1: be with you all, truly, and and the brothers here. Let's pray together. Thank you. Holy Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to be here to talk about these critical issues in the life of every man. I pray, Father, for every brother who has heard this particular uh, time that they would be encouraged, they would be strengthened, they would receive your love and your grace in their lives. They would know, Father, that we're all strugglers and we're all working together to know you more deeply and to love you more intensely. Father, I pray for the wife of every brother who's listening, for every child, every grandchild, for their health, for their finances, for their service in your kingdom, that your love and your strength and your continued discernment would be in their lives in every way possible. Father, we always give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. So, you've probably heard
0: one or two of those disciplines, and you're like, where do I begin? Just start with one, and uh, you'll start moving down that road. So, we thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. Pass this along to someone else who may be interested in hearing it and sharing the message that we're trying to pass out here to walk with God through Jesus Christ here on Solid Steps Radio.